Hey everybody and welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli. And I'm Lilith. And today we're going to be talking talking about Future Diary. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, that Future Diary. For those of you who still remember what Future Diary is. When did Future Diary come out? Future Diary came out in 2011. That's actually pretty recent. It actually is pretty re- well. It's relatively recent. <laughs> I mean, for anime, it's not that recent. That's true. This is like a hundred years ago. It in anime was. Time. Uh, it it was, uh, I believe, you know, fairly popular when it came out. Uh, it's ranked number nineteen on my anime list in terms of member count, with like one point five million people. That's 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 member count. That's not ranking. Ranking, it's much 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 lower. Uh. I mean, considering what kind of show it is, it makes sense that it has a certain reputation. I I I have I I, I certainly will say that it was probably controversial when it came out, and that's probably not. It's probably held to this day. Uh, there is a fine line. A very fine line between something that is like you know very dark and something's just very edgy this is that line <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I i'm trying to avoid using the word it's saying that it's bad it's not bad it's actually very very good but it, it is definitely something that would be very off-putting depending on what you like in something <laughs> And I can definitely see why someone would be off-put by it. But uh, it's it's one of the classics. It's part it's part of that, you know, transformative in-between era, you know, leading out of the of the aughts. You know, that, that new tens era where anime was kind of shifting a bit. We hadn't quite hit the SAO. Well, here's the thing. It came out in 2011. Yes. On it came out fall 2011. Yeah. Making it a making it a contemporary of Hunter Hunter, Fate Zero, Guilty Crown, uh, Final Season of Shakugan no Shana, Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere. Hey, I know that like, one. <laughs> it's it came out the same year as Madoka Magica. Less than a year later, Sword Art Online airs. Sora Online came out like nine months later. Damn. So it is, it, it's the part of that in-between period. In between the modern era, for better or worse, that maybe doesn't start with SAO, but... Kind of you know, does start. <laughs> it's certainly trademarked by SAO. <laughs> and, you know, the older things. Because I've I've also read... That uh, some of the characters initially, like in the beginning, their characterizations are based or exped from Evangelion. And that would probably be one of the later or latest like character tracing their lineage back to Evangelion I've ever seen. 2011? Yeah. That might just be me. That's probably just me, but... Possibly. I mean, Ava's a pretty big deal. Yes, yes, I'm saying it's pretty real. I'm saying that 
nowadays you have things, you know, tracing back all the way to Sorter Online and such. Oh, instead of And Ava? this came out before that. <laughs> mm, yeah. You don't see a lot of shows uh, tracing their characters back to this, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> Yuno is the patron saint of Yandere's. That is true. That is true. Yuno is for the Yandere what Shauna and Taiga and uh, Asa, Asa, Asuna? Asuka? Eh. The one from Evangelion. Oh, uh, I think that's Asuka, yeah. Asuka. What, what they did for Sundere's, Yuno did for Yandere's. That's scary. <laughs> She's scary. I know. But, uh, so, Future Diary. Actually, I don't think I've actually spoiled anything about it yet. So, this is going to be your one and final warning about spoilers for an amazing series that doesn't lose things, doesn't lose everything if you know how it's going to end. But, well, to be fair, the first time I watched it, I thought I knew how it was going to end. And then it threw me for a loop anyway. <laughs> Just go... go like anything, go and watch it before you listen to someone drone on for however many minutes this is going to drone on for. A while. A while. So, Future Diary. Broad strokes. So, you have these people. Well, specifically, we have we have Yuki. We have Yuki Amano, or Amano Yuki, however... Well, Yuket Yukiteru Amano. All the diary holders are have names that are very, very badly translated from the names of Roman gods into Japanese. Wait, what? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Yuki, Yukiteru is Jupiter. Yuno is Juno. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> because Japan. Is this because of Ava? Because Ava well, again, took quite all possibly, the like, Christian symbolism took, so that they decided... This took... <sighs> like I said, this did take, you know, at least some level of inspiration from... <sighs> so, uh, you know, we've got our, our main guy, Yuki Amano, Yuki, who is just some, you know, vague loner kid, you know who keeps a diary on his phone in which he writes down all the strange things he observes that day. And he also has imaginary conversations with his best friend, God. Uh, turns out his imaginary best friend, God, is actually God. And God's like, alright, hey, I made your cell phone diary be able to actually predict the future. So instead of you writing down the things you observe... It writes down the things you will observe in the future. Have fun. So it's like, awesome. This is this is this is this cracking. This is awesome. I'm basically I'm basically unstoppable now. Which by unstoppable it means like I can I can get all the questions right at school, and I can avoid getting jumped in an alleyway by people who want to jump me in an alleyway because I'm getting all the questions right in school. <laughs> and then he gets hunted by a serial killer. And it's revealed that the future diary is but one of 12 future diaries, each one with its own gimmick. 
and they're in a death tournament to see who gets God's job because God is dying. So it's you, you, so basically, last man standing gets to be God. Everyone else will die. This is this is how it starts. So, first character Yuki, he has the uh, indiscriminate diary, which indiscriminately records everything around him, but nothing that will actually directly happen to him. He's the first. There is the second, Yuno Gasai. She's been stalking Yuki. Because of this, her diary is the Yuki diary that tells him ever that tells her everything that will happen to Yuki and nothing else. <laughs> <sighs> there is so his initially he his motivation is just not die. Initially Yuno's motivation is basically have Yuki not die. When you get to the other characters, and they have, like, actual... They actually are competing in this death tournament. You have the third, with the murder diary, he's the serial killer. His diary uh, literally tells him all the information he needs to know to hunt down and kill his victims. He's the first to die. His, his, di his diary is actually fairly weak sauce. <laughs> How so? Uh, it only tells him where the, all the information on how to get to his victim. It doesn't tell them, it, tells, it tells him nothing else. So he can be very easily ambushed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they do. They ambush him. They th Yuki throws it. He throws darts as a hobby. He just throws a dart at the dude's phone, <laughs> and it cracks the screen, and the guy dies. Oh yeah, that's that's actually very important. I can't believe I skipped that. Uh, it's not just if you die, you die. Your your diary has the it's not just has the ability to tell the future, but it gives you the ability to change destiny itself, and is in fact your future basically given form. So if your diary is destroyed, you also die, because your future is destroyed. Yes, it's just so like he, high school. <laughs> so he throws a dart at the dude's phone, uh, and then he dies. He gets, like, sucked into a vortex, like a black hole. Then there is a uh, fourth guy named Karu... Karus you know I cannot pronounce any of his names. <laughs> I know, but I like seeing you struggle. He's a police officer. He has the case diary, which grants him all the information necessary to solve the case he's currently working on. So he's basically like... All right, murder people? How about no? I'm a police officer. <laughs> I'm going to use this to hunt down the murderers. So he's the he's he's the initial ally of of first and second, of Yuki and Yuno. Uh up until that changes. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> then there's the fifth, who's a 4-year-old boy. Uh, he has the Hypervision Diary, which is one of the few diaries that's not a cell phone. It's actually just a coloring book. But it, instead of telling him just like the immediate future, his diary tells him only three events, but it tells him three events for the entire day. Yes, it is also very weak sauce. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty weak sauce. <laughs> 
He's also four. And his his intentions is to prove himself to be like the super elite by becoming God. He gasses a building. Admittedly, it was a residential building, but he gasses a building. He's four. How? <laughs> I, I really don't know how this four-year-old gained access to poison gas traps. Like, poison... And has the knowledge to electrify a staircase, but he did that. He went full home alone on them. Home alone on them, <laughs> and then uh, you know, friggin' stabbed him through the chest. Good time. Then there's the sixth. She has the clairvoyant diary. That's one of the other rare non-phone diaries, and it's like a giant scroll, Japanese scroll thing. She's a priestess at a temple, and her clairvoyant diary tells her everything that someone who worships at her cult sees. So she can literally see hundreds or thousands of things at once in her diary. It's actually pretty pretty it's actually pretty pretty powerful. Yeah. Then you have the seventh. Well, the seventh is not one person, there are two sevenths. They have the exchange diary. And their phones are basically like the, the Yuki diary and that it only tells what's going to happen to the other person. But since they have two of them, they are able to basically cover their bases. Okay. Uh, six. Okay. So, uh, so sixth goal is to become God to destroy the entire world. The seventh goal is, I don't know. They're just sort of like, Hey, wouldn't be, you know, becoming God and like, being like benevolent and stuff be rad there's eighth who has the propagation diary which is a diary that can just create more diaries she runs an orphanage she's actually a very nice lady she looks like the pillsbury doughboy <laughs> she's completely uninterested in becoming god the only reason she's doing it is because the children of her orphanage will basically all die if she doesn't fight that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so she so she has basically just an army of orphans at her disposal. And the ability to give them all diaries. Very weak diaries, but to give them all diaries. Then there's the ninth. The ninth is a terrorist bomber. Uh, she has the escape diary which tells her everything she needs to know to escape from certain danger. Sounds pretty useful. It is very useful. It doesn't, you know, it only tells her how to escape. If it's impossible to escape, she's still, you know, dead, but... Yeah. You know, fairly powerful. Uh... <laughs> she, aside from you know, has... Is in has like the highest death toll in the series, if only because she blew up like a third of a school with all the kids inside, and she's had a long and varied career as a wanted international terrorist. She's she's also probably one of the most stable and least evil of all the diary holders. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, is kinda telling, which is kind of telling something. <laughs> then there, there's 10th. 
who he has the breeder's diary, which allows him to control an entire army of attack dogs. He's, he's a weirdo. He he contributes very nothing. He so he contributes very little. How, how does that diary even work? That's not telling the future. That's just controlling dogs. Yeah, I, don't ask. He he talks into the phone of his diary, and then the dogs carry out his orders. What does that have to do with breeding? Because <laughs> he's a dog breeder. <laughs> Then there's Eleventh, who's, um, I said no. I said no further spoiler warning. So he is the mayor of the city. He's ultimately one of the big bad evil guys of the series. Uh, his he's actually responsible for the whole survival game in the first place because he's like, hey, God, like here's the deal, you got a problem. I have an idea to fix the problem. Death game. Death game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has the Watcher diary, which just tells him all the entries of everyone else's diaries. That sounds kind of OP. It is deliberately OP. He gave it to himself. <laughs> oh, fucking bullshit. <laughs> hacks. I call hacks. <laughs> Uh, so eighth has a eighth diary is just a computer server. She is one of the other non-stater diaries. Uh, so a lot, and then there's twelfth. Twelfth has the final diary, the final non-standard diary. It's a tape recorder because twelfth is blind. It also may or may not give him hypnosis powers. I, I don't know if those powers came with the diary or he just had hypnosis powers beforehand. It's the Justice Diary. It warns him when acts of injustice will occur. Because he... Remember, what was that show, like, Pink Flamingo? Samurai Flamenco? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Imagine the protagonist of that. Okay. That's him. <laughs> okay. I'm going to send you a picture now. All right. That's him. Why does... He looks like a Taro Taro Bozu. I what don't a... know what that is. It's like a little napkin thing that you draw a face on and then you hang it up when it's raining. He is absolutely insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a diary holder, so he's obviously, you know, somewhat crazy. Yeah. But he runs around at night trying to fight injustice. Which, like I said, like Samurai Flamenco, uh, it, basically running around doing that. So what, he runs around doing, like, trash pickup? Among other things. <laughs> Except he's wearing that absurd outfit. He, he has like a friggin', yeah, like you said, like a drawn-on napkin tied around his head. And he has like a skin-tight suit, and he runs around pelvic-thrusting at things <laughs> and doing poses like he's from the Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, gods. His diary sounds pretty weak. All things uh, considered. It is pretty weak. To be fair, he also pretty much knows it's pretty weak and doesn't care. He's like, a diary that allows me to fight injustice. Yes, this is exactly what I need. Alright, fair enough. So yeah, first, second, third, all first through twelfth. 
and there's actually 13 of them. We're not including 13th. The 13th is from the video game. Is it not a good video game? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't play it? Of course I didn't play it. Fair enough. There's also a bunch of other characters, but those are the, all the diary holders. All right. Yuki himself, as the main character, gets a lot of flack. He's probably the make-or-break character of the entire series as the protagonist. Because yeah. he's, like, he, he he comes across as a major whiny bitch. Okay, I see where but... the uh, I see where the Ava characterization came from. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but, uh... he's, he's Shinji. <laughs> he's Shinji, but he gets better. Well, I don't want to say better, just judging but, from no, what you told me. No, <laughs> but this this whole the whole story of Future Diary occurs over three months, roughly. For him, it occurs over three months. For everyone else, it occurs over like three months and a week. But so for three months. Uh, in the first two months, he's forced into a death tournament, stalked, hunted, harassed, terror-bombed, betrayed, watched several hundred classmates die in fire explosions, gassed, framed for murder, betrayed again, hunted down some more, blown up, shot at, drugged, kidnapped, his friends were thrown to a gas chamber, hunted some more, firebombed, <laughs> thrown off a balcony, trapped in an exploding building, betrayed yet again. Oh his mother was murdered, and then his dad was murdered in front of him. In two months. Jesus. And that was just the things I remember. There were more things that happened to him in that time. He is 14. Oh, God. I feel like he has earned the right to crawl up into a blanket and cry. <laughs> Oof. Jesus. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, that is one of the make or break things about this series is just Yuki as a character. <laughs> and I say the first two months uh, after watching his dad get murdered in front of him, he just he finally his spiraling mental state reaches rock bottom. He snaps. And just goes full ham on the assassin sent after him. And just starts mowing people down with a machine gun. Because he's like, you know what? Fuck it all. Yeah, sounds about right. It still gets worse for him. Oh god. <laughs> of course it does. This is Future Diary. What, was, what were we even thinking? Yeah. But uh, Future Diary does have... Uh, they use generic scare chords, like the generic horror movie scare chords, like literally like the stock ones you get for free <laughs> and like in like Windows Movie Maker. They use those. And it can, that also can definitely be something that uh, puts you out of it. But uh, other than those things, uh, first opening absolutely amazing second opening is really good too but the first one perfect absolutely perfect uh also these openings are full of spoilers and foreshadowing that you may or may not realize until after the events happen in the show 
part of the mystery in the show is not knowing who the diary holders are. Because none of them know what the other diary holders are until they're revealed. Nah, the, the opening more shows you them. But it, like, slightly grayed out. And in different contexts. The, the second opening, more or less from the beginning, like... I don't know, eight episodes before it happens, shows you that all of the children in the orphanage are going to be brutally murdered. Also, all the children in the orphanage get brutally murdered. <laughs> oh, God. Some some by Yuki. Uh, oh, the God. rest by Yuno. Oh, no. He just, he hands her a machete and tells her to go to town. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> everyone in Future Diaries at least a little bit crazy. Uh, you know, you know is uh, probably the most well-known example. Yeah. Uh, she starts a series crazy, but uh, that's one of the things that you have to actually realize is that as bad as she is at the start of the series, she actually gets worse over the series as the series goes on. If you're paying attention, like at the start of the series, she's actually like she's nuts. Like she will straight up. Uh, murder people but as the series goes on like she never went full ham with an axe on a bunch of people before that we know of because I was about to say spoiler alert no spoiler alerts uh, you know has done all of this before <laughs> You so Yuki, Yuki and you know uh, they fought in the survival game once before, and won. Well, you, they didn't win, because there can only be one, but they both were the last one standing. And rather than, you know, have one kill the other, they're both like, you know what? Let's just both kill ourselves. <laughs> like, to get to this point, you know, there's so much blood on both of our hands. Let's just, let's just both kill ourselves. Uh, Yuki goes through with it. Yuno doesn't. Uh, Yuno decides that if she becomes god, then she can just bring Yuki back to life. Uh, that's not how that works, apparently. <laughs> so she decides if she can't bring him back to life, she can just get another one. So she hops universes. <laughs> she, she, multiverse series in full effect. She just pops into a different timeline right before the whole thing starts, murders herself, takes her own place, and then has and then this is what we see. We see the second go around. <laughs> so she was slightly crazy at the start. Then there was the whole survival game. Then she does it all again. And it's even worse this time around. It, it, it is it is it is explicitly stated that this go through of the whole death tournament is much bloodier than the first one. Is it because Yuno's there? <laughs> because she's yes, crazier? Yes and no. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. And then she tries to go for a third go round. Oh, gods. Yeah, that, that'll that work out. But, um... So, one of the reasons why the second one goes so much more off the rails than the first one is, so, you have Murmur, She's a character. She's a thing. <laughs> I don't know what words I would use to describe what Murmur is. Elf. 
I wasn't until the second run through that I realized she had a tail. Sounds like an elf. She's basically God's secretary. Yeah, sounds like an elf. So, First World Murmur crosses over with First World Yuno, because First World Yuno is now God. And so she, she being God's secretary, is now Yuno's secretary. And to prevent Second World God from realizing something is amiss, she ambush, imprisons, and replaces Second World Murmur. So she's been manipulating everything the entire time for ever to have everything come up you know. This also means that you goes even crazier, but you know, she's not a good secretary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you murmur more or less turns out to be like the other like one of the other like oh, you thought you killed the big bad evil guy? No, there's two more. <laughs> But, uh, it's one of the other things that I realized on the second run-through is that Murmur's only evil because she's working for Yuno. Like, Second World Murmur, when she breaks free from being in prison, she goes full ham on, on First World Murmur. And then becomes, you know, perfectly loyal to Yuki, because he wins in the end. No spoiler alert, he wins in the end. <laughs> Yuno realizes, you know what? I'm not a very I'm not a very good influence on Yuki. I should just kill myself now. But uh then third world murmur, in which neither Yuki nor Yuno is God, uh, is like the hell I'm letting either of those two people influence things. <laughs> They're terrible people. Yeah. Yeah, the um I divide it into into three sections, this show. I watched it in three sections. Because I divided it into three for easy watching. Uh, the first third is the first eight episodes. That's just, you know, your, your solid introduction to the series. Real good. No, introduction to how the diary system works. Fighting the first few diary holders. Dealing with... Well, <laughs> dealing with the first three diary holders. And having the occasional animation Anakin. Then the episode like eight. So the first seven. But then episode eight through eighteen is it's not completely different, but that's when you know that, that's when the characters hit their stride. They're you know, they're fighting diary holders, they're getting betrayed, you know, they're they're working through all the the ups and downs, topsy-turvies. And that ends roughly episode 18 with Yuki, you know, finally losing it. Past that, you have the finale and then the finale plus, which is them fighting for the end of the whole survival game. And then, you know, basically, then the big reveal that you know is actually the first you know, not the second you know. Uh, you know tries to hack Yuki apart with a hatchet. Murmur reveals herself as evil. They go to the third world, and Yuki fights Yuno. Second Yuki fights the first Yuno to protect third Yuno in the third world, inadvertently changing the entire uh, past, or what would have been the entire past from his perspective, in the third world for the better, and putting a stop to Yuno's shenanigans once and for all.
And then there's the epilogue, which that that's an OVA episode that takes the the somewhat depressing ending and puts a little bandage over it. That's good, I think. I mean, Yuno's dead at the end. Yuki's sitting in space because the entire world was destroyed. Yeah, that's why I said uh, ninth in terms of body count. If you include the two entire universes that Yuno is indirectly responsible for destroying, then Yuno is by far ahead. But if you don't, then ninth comes out ahead. <laughs> so, really, it's Yuno by two universes. <laughs> oh my god. So the show just ends with, with Yuki sitting in an empty void, being emo for 10,000 years, <laughs> too depressed to do anything. The epilogue has third world Yuno uh, breaking through down the barrier in, into the second world to go and, I don't know, drift through space and be co-god with Yuki. It's a very esoteric happy ending. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at least it's not total batshit crazy, you know. True. True. It's just the normal crazy, you know. Well, they they, they at least, well, at least, you know, they do show that, you know, with, you know, proper, you know, attention and, you know, a proper upbringing, you know, isn't axe murder crazy. Fair. You know, you know, not being locked in a cage and starved half to death. It, you know, has a has a positive out, out has a positive effect on someone's uh, upbringing. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? But you could you could spend so much time talking about each individual character in this show. <laughs> uh, talked a little bit about you know talked a little bit about Yuki. Um, talked very briefly about Ninth. Mean Mine, I think that's how her name's pronounced. One one of the things I do very much like about the series, and this is a very small moment, but I very much like it still, is in you know the third act or however you want to characterize it. You know Yuki and Yuna have teamed up fully. They're you know they they've gone full bad. They're going you know trying to murder everyone. And, you know, the one guy's like, you know, wait, Yuno's not really Yuno, because they don't know that Yuno's been killed and replaced by Yuno. That's, that's, a, that's, the, that's the big thing in this show, is that plans usually end up failing, particularly when they involve Yuno, if only because they're like, they assume Yuno has an evil plan, which she does, but she doesn't even know it, <laughs> because Yuno has the ability to erase her own memories, and she's used it. And she uses it several times in the series. But uh, they're like, you know, you know, you know, she she's obviously has some sort of strange ulterior motives and she's not even the real, you know. And Yuki just goes, and like, so she's not the real, you know, like, yes, like we've established that she's completely batshit insane, but she's consistently psycho, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. You know, you know, aside from that one time, has been consistently on my side. So it's like, yeah, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to just completely drop, you know, the one person 
that you know, the one person that I've been working with this entire time just because you said, oh, you can't trust her with barely any evidence. But yeah, you know, again, with Murmur, Murmur was holding on to Yuno's memories because literally not even Yuno knew what her evil plan was. Which made it all the more surprising, I suppose, for everyone involved. I could literally just describe the entire plot of the show to you, but I'm not going to do that. Not that it wouldn't be fun. Not that it wouldn't be fun. And also not that you haven't already done that to me <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, Just watch it. Good show. I mean, if you've listened this far, you already basically know how it's going to end. But, you know, still watch it. I watched it knowing how it was going to end. It was still exciting. So that that that's what makes a good show good. Even if you know it how it's gonna end, it's still good. But yeah, this this came out in twenty eleven. Uh ten years ago this October. Fall twenty eleven. But I I certainly feel like Yuno has fundamentally <laughs> I know influenced Yandere's for years to come are there any other like major yandere's from that time period uh i think the green-haired girl from uh when they cry okay yeah. is she i don't know maybe I, I, it's on my list I, I know that there's a at least one yandere in higurashi that's all i know about higurashi to be honest i know yeah, that it's, higurashi lies <laughs> it it's looks on my cutesy. list but it's actually insane. Future Diary does the exact same thing. He's like, Haha, we're just going to have a fun little adventure with the Future Diary. Nope, death game. Yeah, the, 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 the dub for Future Diary is surprisingly good, especially for 2011. Really? Uh, it, 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 it gets better as time goes on. It starts off just like average, but it actually gets respectively decent as time goes on. They 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 kind of it's not like ghost stories, but they do kind of have a little bit of fun with it. So the way we're at the very end in the dub, you just have uh they just add random lines where it's like, you know, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you crazy bitch. I can respect that. <laughs> but yeah, the dub's actually pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the just. The time period it came out in is just that that magical time. I mean, it 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 didn't share a time slot with uh, Fate Zero, but it it shared a season with Fate Zero. Yeah, it's if 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 I were if we were compiling a must watch list of anime, Future Diary being on it would be a question of how many slots are there rather than does it deserve to be on it. Because it is one of the one of the classics. It I watch a lot of older shows simply because A I can binge watch them all at once, and that is my style, as you know. And B and I I do not want this taken the wrong way. The the best anime of today is just as good as the best anime of like ten, fifteen years ago. But 
because we have such a large back catalog, there's a lot more good stuff in the past. You know, over a 15-year period, over a 10-year period, there's going to be more gems generally than whatever comes out in this one year. Yeah, that's fair. So it's it's kind of like, it sounds kind of like confirmation bias, but in this case, it's more you're more referring to just samples, <laughs> sheer sample size. Yeah, just sheer, sheer sample size of like twelve shows versus a thousand. Yes, and to be fair, twenty eleven was pretty packed. Oh yeah, Madoka Magica, Gosick, uh, Steins Gate, uh, Future Diary. Like I said, last season of Shauna, uh, Fate Zero. Yeah. Number six. That's just, I'm just literally just listing things. Yeah. But it was, 2011 was a packed year. Oh, this yes. was the last part of 2011, and the last part of 2011 sent 2011 off with a bang. Oh, big time. And this was one of them. I think it's, you don't really see people talk about Future Diary nowadays. Yeah. Which, at least I don't. Neither do I. Which is one of the things that makes you think it's like an underrated classic. But, and I know that my anime list is a very bad data set, but it's the only data set we really have. For now. <laughs> like, almost half a million more people have seen Future Diary than Fate Zero. That's just insane. And it's one of the things where I'm like, is it that it's like an underrated classic? Or is it that just from... 2011 to now more people like people have like gone back to watch fate zero because like fate stay night's still new and relevant yeah but like no one's getting into future diary because literally nothing future diary related has come out for like eight years now yeah you just eight have years the is series when the epilogue the came out oh damn so you got like the series and an epilogue OVA and a game, technically. Yeah, they made a game. They made a... I think it's like a visual novel. Yeah, that makes sense. There, It, it, it was a manga first. I should mention that. Uh, anime only here. <laughs> uh, from what I've read... And the few examples I've seen of the of the manga, the anime is actually better. Because, among other things, it includes information from some of the spin-off manga that actually delves into a lot of the characterization of the other people and shows their motivations and their backstories, among other things. And it also just changes a few things to actually make sense. But uh, Future Diary, yeah, it's uh, absolute classic. Very good. Like I said, it's right on that line between very dark and just very edgy. Uh, Elfin Light is on one side <laughs> of that line. And I don't know, what's something else that's also infamously dark? I was going to say Future Diary, but that's what we're talking about. Yeah. There's Hells I want to say Helsing, but at the same time that's like kind of silly. But it's also like pretty violent. Although admittedly I maybe I'm thinking about the Abridge series more. Cuz <laughs> Helsing Abridged is pretty good. It, yes, Helsing Abridged is very good. 
I have watched the the original Helsing Ultimate. I actually watched Helsing Ultimate, like the source material, before I watched uh, Helsing Ultimate Abridged. I will say I like the Abridged series better. That, yeah, that's fair. But that is that is not relevant to the discussion of Future Diary, really. This is true, um, this is true. Future Diary. Absolute quality show. Uh, has... If you can tolerate the sheer amount of violence and just the terrible things that happen to the characters, whether or not they deserve them, and sometimes they do deserve them, then it's it's absolutely for you. If you can't, then well, <laughs> I hate to say, well, I, it's not that there's no anime for you, but uh, <laughs> there, there there is way too much anime that has got absurd and arbitrary levels of violence. Yes, yes. If you want to see an anime where a guy defeats multiple people. Through the use of a thrown dart. <laughs> Good times. Then this is for you. He does that twice. <laughs> Technically three times. But he doesn't actually kill the person the second time. He just <laughs> takes out her eye. With a dart. With a dart. So she smoke bombs and drives off on a motorcycle. Nice. It's... it's it's Especially towards the beginning. It is really weird. Like... Oh yeah, let's get it. Let's break up this, you know, total seriousness with just typical animation shenanigans. Oops, you accidentally walked into the corpse closet. <laughs> what? Corpse closet? <laughs> yeah, you know the closet where she keeps all the corpses. Well, three, three corpses. That's not a lot of corpses. It's statistically more than the normal amount of corpses to have in a closet, but it's not that many. <laughs> Okay, that's. It's also not technically a closet, so much it is a room. But I mean, she's using it for storage, so it's like a closet. I've heard of skeletons in the closet, but <laughs> this is just ridiculous. <laughs> Remember, kids, always dispose of your corpses in a timely manner. <laughs> she doesn't keep all the corpses in, always keep all the skeletons in the closet. She moves them to a pit. Except for the skulls. Those she carries around with her. Why? Because they're her mom and dad. Obviously. <laughs> Yuno is a very, very disturbed person. Uh, Jesus, one... get this kid a hug and a hot glass of milk. <laughs> she needs for... <laughs> She's beyond a hug and a glass of milk. <laughs> Uh, two two final things I will say. One, I do like how at the very end, Yuno has just that moment of realization where she realizes, you know, I'm starting to think, what with how raging and mentally unstable I am, that my obsession with Yuki might not be true love. No, you think? <laughs> just the, huh... Yeah, we've no yeah, he's known me for like three months. But uh that and You know, uh, when, before you go to the next thing, let me just say that is an uncharacteristically massive amount of self awareness 
that I've ever seen from a Yandere character. I feel like people, part of this is also misaimed, like misaimed. Like people are like, oh, Yuno's the best, or oh, Yuno's terrible. I'm like, no, Yuno is very clearly a deeply flawed individual <laughs> with very deep seated issues. <laughs> that is, that is literally the point. Fair enough. <laughs> like, yes, she is crazy in love with this man to the point where she will dismember people on his command. But also, she dismembers people on command because someone asked her to. Uh, the the happy ending that the people get in the third world, kinda, to some people, I, I've heard this, not to me because I'll tell you why in a second. They're like, oh, it's a complete cop-out. How, you know, like, you know, one small little thing changing managed to change the future of all these people. And, you know, suddenly they're happy. I'm like, that is literally one of the points of the show. <laughs> like, literally, the whole point is that an incredibly small decision could potentially have disastrous, far-reaching consequences. This is a show where a guy fundamentally undoes months of planning by God by opening the wrong door looking for the toilet. Wait, what? He changes the future for literally everyone by opening the wrong door while looking for the toilet. That's like episode three. All right, then. The whole point of the show is that very small things can change the future. But yeah, Future Diary. All right, then. Uh, I believe this is where we do our Discord plug. Yes, the Discord plug. And the Twitter plug. And the website plug. Do, do the Twitters. Send us birds. Yes. Pictures of birds, videos of birds... Uh, like figurines of birds. You craft the whistling birds. Send us... Yes, don't send those to us because the only known delivery system is deadly. But keep whistling birds to yourself. <laughs> but send us all the other birds on the Twitter. Yes, use use the, the use the whistling bird to send us whistling birds. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That how, is explicitly. I don't know we, how Twitter works. <laughs> that's explicitly not what we don't want that's them to do. That's explicitly not. So that's not what we don't want them to do. So that's what we want them to do. Got it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> do the Twitter. You've killed do us the all. Twitter, do the do the Discord. Do the do the do the Webosphere. Share this episode with your friends if you liked it. Yeah. Well, until next time, I have been Eli. And I have been Lilith, and this has been Anime Stroganoff. <laughs>